Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Chaba. I'm Hino. And I'm Stacy. So today's we would like to discuss about experimentation. That's actually one of my favorite uh, uh, topics usually. But uh, we are going to tackle experimentation from a little bit different angle. And uh, the question that we are trying to answer today is, what happens when a team doesn't feel team or group or, or a group of people don't have to narrow it down to a team uh, when they don't feel safe to experiment? Uh, if uh, a team does not feel safe to experiment, that means that they do not feel safe to uh, make choices that they need to make in order to deliver better value. Now, that doesn't stop with experimentation alone. It, uh, it also means that they uh, probably do not feel safe to tackle quality issues that they found on their own team. Um, so um, having that autonomy and, and being able to take the reins into your own hands and being able to uh, address the challenges that you see, whether that's um, we learning from experimentation or dealing with, with quality issues, if you do not have that autonomy, if you don't feel that safety, that has a significant impact on the uh, the motivation and the ability for the team to deliver value to um, yeah to your product owner or to the organization that you're working for in, in, in the first place. The, the failure is encoded, or the potential failure is actually part of part of an experiment or the outcome of an experiment. How is this this fear of of failure could be? Uh, could be one of the or or one of the challenges. I mean, f- failure um, is such a huge factor. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes to sort of make people look a couple times, <laughs> look twice. I put I put a little overlay up on my video sc- screen that says, you know, I make mistakes for a living. We we have to normalize failure, and and the the really what we're looking for there, right, is the the size of the failure. What? Uh, how big could it be? What? Uh, what can I do? Can I find a small thing that uh, is is not so fearful? And it, you practice it. You know, I, I think if you repeatedly do that and you develop a habit for, um, you know, kind of getting used to that uh, that uneasiness that I'm not sure what's going to happen, um, you can you can start to step into um, you know a little bit more purposefully what what more meaningful experiments could be if you start small what you're talking about is not failure what you're talking about is learning that's the number one thing so it really is the learning that comes and an experiment is either succeeding or is not succeeding but the result of that success or the result of that what we call failure is really the learning and the learning is something positive, right? So, and this is ultimately that first thing that we can, uh, we can start thinking about. And that is how do we express those experiments as the positive outcome that we're getting from it? And maybe there is less of a resistance, uh, to, to that than, uh, than the idea of failure. And I, I'll, I'll get back to that in a, in a second. There is this other thing that you mentioned that is starting small. And I'm reminded of uh, a situation that I read about uh, where a gentleman, it was absolutely nothing related with software engineering per se, but this uh, this person was uh, afraid to operate in a social setting. And the reason why this person was so so afraid is because um, he was uh, afraid of a reaction and and basically a dismissal of uh, of his uh, his own being. 
and he didn't want he didn't want to experience. He was very uncomfortable in uh, in approaching somebody and even talk to somebody uh, in the uh, because of the fear to be rejected. Right, that that failure that we we talked about. So uh, what he started doing was he started um, forcing and practicing failure explicitly and practicing being rejected. And he started doing that with something really small. And he walked up to like for instance one of the fir- the first things. Apparently, he was afraid as hell. So he walked up to a, to a completely uh, unknown uh, person and basically asked him for a $5 bill. Hey, can I get $5 for you? And ran as fast as they could, ran away as fast as they could, basically because they were afraid of the response. But they started making that a habit and actually building up their resistance or big, building up their capacity to deal with rejection. And, uh, and that allowed them to uh, operate better in a social setting uh, afterwards. So... Starting small to get used to uh, to that learning, to get used to that failure, and not ex- not see it as such, I think is a very powerful message. One thing that I really like about the notion of experimentation is you start very much from a position of humility. You don't know what the outcome is going to be, and and with so many things agile, sometimes it's useful framing to assume you will fail. And to enter mm-hmm. it with exactly that kind of attitude, because that's, um, you know, if, if you think of that as the position from most humility, <laughs> then it you can build some some really good um, um, uh, mechanisms. I don't want to call it coping mechanisms, but they're like when you you start into those um, negative self talk kind of situations, it it helps you prepare yourself. For, for what some of that might be and and I think can make you more open to the success. So we talked about experimentation and we talked about the, the potential of failure, right? So we talked about starting small, we talked about humility, we talked about being prepared. Now, let's assume that this team, this, this hypothetical team, is ready and knows all this, yet they still don't feel safe to do so. So can we explore a little bit what could be the potential reasons a team doesn't feel safe. And and with those potentials, can we actually discuss a little bit what this can team do to to increase or or or, or work with whoever? And this is what I'm I'm looking for, the root potential root causes. So why why do you think a team wouldn't feel safe to do all this, what you guys described earlier? I think the most common reason is the perception that if you're spending your time on something that fails, you're wasting it. That is a common, the, the most common reason why I believe teams are in this situation. I was, for instance, part of an organization that wanted to encourage experimentation and wanted to encourage basically real research and development. I said, okay, so how can we, how can we measure that we're actually doing this? And I floated the, the idea of measuring the number of failed experiments. I said, what are the number of ideas that we bring up that we consider to be bad and as a result, taken back out of the product? And uh, I thought like, well, if you're really doing experimentation, then we should have some failing experiments because if we don't have failing experiments to Stacey's point, we're not, we're not really experimenting. 
We're just calling it experiments. But really, we already have made up our minds. There's no point in doing this experiment because we already know what the outcome will be. That's not an experiment in my opinion, right? So if you really want to do that experimentation, you need to start from the premise that you can fail. And so the metric that I wanted to introduce was actually to measure this. How many times do we actually fail? And we wanted to get to a reasonable outcome. Executive management shut it down because that meant that we would work. We can't do this. We are working on useless things. That was the message. Well, of course, if that's the message from an executive management on the organization, how would anyone feel comfortable deciding themselves that they want to spend time on experimentation? We need to educate the leadership. This is what I'm I'm hearing from from Hino or, or somehow... To, to, to help the leadership to understand. Are there any techniques or any, any ways that you could you could suggest to our audience on how to how to move this uh, this leadership? And moving the leadership, you know, it's 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 interesting because I think um, sometimes this is uh, absolutely you can you can attribute to leadership, but sometimes folks will also um, assume what the leadership is thinking and they will curtail their own actions even if that's not necessarily the case and and so first i would i would i would really want to know if, you know is it is it are we doing this to ourselves or are we uh, is this really kind of an external judgment that we're dealing with but uh That, that's a very interesting what you just mentioned because I had actually my in, it happened to me where, where I'm talking to a team and in that particular case it wasn't about experimentation it was just about a change a certain change that they wanted and then they said that they wouldn't allow it and they say who are they and they and they started to say the leadership but but who is that leadership and they say just the leadership I said okay cool let's let's accept this from now that they wouldn't allow this change and then when I speak to leadership they said, well, nobody asked us. This is what the leadership said of some representational leadership. Nobody asked us. And, and, and interestingly, what I found out later on, that, that there was a version of that request previously happening, like uh, six months or a year. Uh, and indeed, it, that was one of the versions. It was indeed was shut down, but it was the leadership changed in the meantime. There were changes. It was a different kind of request as well. So, so this assumption that you describe sometimes it's baked in into the into the into the into the into the minds of people so so then let's not assume right that's one of the that's one of the first thing that you guys would like to suggest and and then ask right ask and 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 tell uh, any other any anything else Hino or Stacy that you guys can think of how can we how can we we get to the organization I'm not going to call out leadership explicitly I'm just just anyone or or can we get this whoever is around this team the organization to to increase safety so we mentioned one piece right now one piece was try to reframe it try to reframe it as learning instead of uh instead of a experimental or, or something that can fail so what can we learn so try to frame it as positive because nobody i, I really hope that nobody's against their team learning to to improve the, the products Uh, another thing that I can think of, and, and that is especially in a context where leadership is uh, uh, impeding some things from happening or looking at it differently, is always looking back at, so what do we have control over? What is not prescribed by the leadership? What are the things that we can uh, impact? And then look at what those pieces are and maybe uh, try to, to find some 
areas within that control where you would benefit from that learning. And, um, and then see, well, maybe you can run some small experiments there. And as you are gaining more experience in running those experiments uh, within your control, maybe even flying under the radar for a tiny bit, but doing it in a way that uh, obviously is just making clear that you're focusing on the things that you uh, are expected to work on. Um, so as you're showing the uh, the benefits of that experimentation, as you're showing the, showing the learning, as you're showing the experience that you have uh, acquired uh, throughout uh, throughout that time, uh, hopefully your that 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 is that doesn't go unnoticed, and other people are are finding value in those outcomes that you have generated as well, and uh, and start becoming more open to a conversation in which this is supported by the leadership team. So that's that's what I would do. So those two things. So one is uh, reframe it as learning, and two, see what is within your control and try to expand your circle of influence by demonstrating results. I would add one thing that I, I did in the past and, and uh, had some level of success. Uh, by understanding actually what's important for the leadership, understanding what what is what are their drivers or what are sometimes like as simple as what's in their performance. If it's a traditional organization, sometimes they have this this performance um uh, metrics, right? Which which was which was given them, or they or they committed to that, and 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 often you can you can um, uh, draw from that like what they are trying to accomplish, and then mm-hmm. and then start from that angle, and 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 often they actually align, right? So let's say if if there would be something like increased revenue, right? This is a very very simple example. Uh, sometimes, often some of these experiments and trying different customer segments, for example. Could lead to higher revenue, right? So, 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 so you can sometimes bring this together and then reframe it and and uh, and make it more relevant in their context. These experiments, because if you just say more frequent deployment, sometimes the two would not necessarily be 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 linked or be able to connect. But but often, if we if we start from that from the leader's uh, goals. We often can find very, very good opportunities to experiment. Maybe not going to be the perfect one for the for the team, but but something which is close enough that the team can can, can start working with. So that would be uh, another potential technique. There is another one, and I think it's very similar to the first one that I mentioned. And um, I think Chava, you were in a similar conversation with me and uh, and an executive as well, where we brought up uh, the term experimentation, and where where the executive had almost like an allergic reaction to it uh, because the impression was that that was a waste of time, that it would be just uh, playing around and trying to figure out a couple of things. And they, w- they didn't immediately see that as, um, uh, yeah, something valuable in the context of the work that we were doing. So um, using the word experimentation might, even though, they, I mean, I'm not getting it. it, it's, it I, I see the value in it, but if that's what um, what the people around you are are responding to, it might be good to uh, to try to use a different word. I was just going to lightly step into a, a tricky area, which is around like if 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 someone has a belief that that you know software development is a 
is an inherently sort of deterministic activity that we can plan it and do it. And, and what is there to experiment? We figured it all out for you. Um, you know, this might be a factor here as well. And, you know, there's, there's things that I'll sometimes say, and I, and, you know, I, 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 I'm always looking for new ways to talk about this, but, you know, like, how for in development, you know, one of the first things we tell people is, you know, don't repeat yourself. You know, you know, we we're like, hey, you shouldn't you shouldn't have duplicate code or duplicate knowledge in your code base. And and, and you know, if you follow that through, and everything that the folks are doing is is a likely to be a brand new thing because if they were going to repeat themselves, we didn't want them to do that. And so naturally the whole um you know, software development process itself is is about that kind of uniqueness, um, and and you know, I, I sometimes I like to just explore that a little bit with with someone to say, well, you know, what um, experiments and the learning that we need feed that in such a fundamental way um, when we deprive ourselves of that, it it um, it, it limits what we can do is that is that your goal i i did this five point questionnaire and in in the past with with teams and I, and I just wanted it to be really simple but there were questions in it like you know um how, how much code did you throw out last week mm-hmm. <laughs> and and to me as the coach you know these questions indicated such a simple thing that i could go and and explore with them um because because really how how much of the first code we write is the code that we really want to keep. <laughs> so why don't we come back to this one, Stacy, next time? And we'll talk about your five points in our next podcast. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, and this concludes today's Continuous Delivery Podcast. <laughs>